Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Speak of the Devil with me, Josh Tavillier. My guest today is a good friend of mine. We met back in 2016 during uh, the prototype phase of our nuclear training pipeline. He then went on to complete six years of active duty service with the U.S. Navy, serving on board the USS John C. Stennis from 2017 to 2021. And he is now transitioning back into civilian life, pursuing a career with the North American Energy Reliability Company. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matthew Zubrad. I hope all that was correct. Is it correct? Hello. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. You're 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 uh you're still trying to <laughs> to get a job with Nurk. I just no, I already have a job. I have a job with uh uh tri-state generation and transmission in Denver, okay. Colorado. So. Well, let's uh before before we before we get into that, all right, let's bring it back to to your Navy career. Well, actually, first of all, how is it like transitioning into civilian life? Is it was it scary at first, like not knowing? I mean, yeah, yeah. Did you ever have that it's, moment it's, of like anxiety? Yeah, I, I dude, not just moments. I've had months of anxiety. This entire process of going from one section of your life where you know exactly what's going on and you know, like the next step. When you were in the Navy, everything was set down for you. Everything was clean cut, very easy. You just had to show up to work, do your job, work hard. You, they told you where you were going. Everything was pretty much in the bag. Uh, and then, you know, getting out, it's you're coming into this whole new, especially for me, I came into the Navy right out of high school. Going into the civilian life and experiencing the transition and experiencing just like, both the freedom and the benefits of that. And also like the fact that nothing is structured for you anymore. Everything is just, you have to do everything for yourself and nothing yeah. will ever be given to you. So yeah, it's all on your shoulders now. Yeah. I think that's why people stay in the Navy, honestly, not, not everybody obviously, but uh, a good portion of people that stay in, I think are too worried about getting out and having to restart. They're just comfortable you know, with the job they have now. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's comforting. And there's, you know, how many times, like I, I always told myself I would not reenlist, especially towards the later end of my career. Um, and even then it was just tempting sometimes to just be like, you know what? It's, it's so much easier to just tell them I'll stay like, keep me in. It's way easier to just have them do everything for me. And then I, you know, just stay in the thing that I don't like to do. But it's the simplicity of it is very tempting for sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I'm a guy, I've reenlisted twice now. So when I get out, I'll, I'll have 10 years in the bag. Uh, but I can't do this for 20. I know that. I do like my job, but I know I can't do it for 20. If you looked at me when I was 18 and you looked at me now, you'd think like 30 years have passed. <laughs> it's just like, I've I been think that's true with down. most of us. Yeah. I, I guess so, but like <laughs> most, you know what I mean? It's like less than yeah, 10 the years. Dark circles, the, the sadness. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, have you seen some chiefs that have been in for 20 years? They look just ancient well, that, sometimes. Those guys, look that's like my motivation for getting out. Yeah. 40. It's like, I don't want to look like those people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So fair. we met in prototype, which is the, the final phase of our, nuclear power training before you go off into the fleet. Um, what was your motivation for joining the Navy? Everybody's got a different story. I'm sure you've been asked that a hundred times. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like the thing that everyone asks you when you're in is, why did you join? Well, for me, it was, uh, I've always, since I was a little kid, wanted to be in the Navy. In the military, specifically. I didn't care really which branch. It was either going to be Navy or Marines. I had a stint where it was Army, but that's that. I was like, nah. My father was Navy. My uncle was Navy. My great, like my grandfather was Marines. My great grandfather was Navy. My entire family history has some kind of military background to it. And college for me would have been a really bad idea. I was uh, not focused. I was not motivated. I was not in any way, shape, or form in a good spot to be in college. And it would have just been a waste of money. It would have been a waste of time for me. And the Navy offered me some kind of structure and some kind of push to move on with my life. And uh, it all kind of worked together for that. And now coming out of it, you know, college, I'm, I'm very excited to go back to college. Everything seems a little bit easier after going through the, the stuff that we did. Do you know what in particular made you want to join the military at such a young age? Was it any one thing? No, it's just a combination of things, man. It was... I don't think they could ever attribute one specific thing. Like, I had a bunch of things telling me not to go in the Navy. I had a, I had a long-term girlfriend that I was leaving behind. I had family members that didn't want me to join because they thought I was going to go into harm's way, of course, and all that other shit. And then, of course, I'm, I think it's the best thing for me because I don't want to go to college right away because I know that I'm going to screw it up. And I've always wanted to do the military thing and see it and potentially make that my, like, career for the rest of my my time working but it all kind of bled into this decision where it was between taking a a, a full ride to college but put, knowing deep down inside that I'm, I'm not going to do well and I'm just going to fail out and I'm going to take the freedom and just abuse it or go to the military experience some stuff see the world and then maybe have some structure coming into my life coming out of it yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happened to me is like, I, I knew I wanted to join, I tried to get into the Naval Academy that didn't work out. And then I was convinced to go to college and then I wasn't motivated. I did a year at LSU. Uh, and then I was like, I could either be a loser college dropout, or I could just do what I wanted to do. And like, if I don't get to be an officer, it's not the end of the world. I'm not a loser at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Um, but for me, like yeah. joining, joining kind of was, there was kind of like a singular motivation, which was not like glory, right? But like, like honor and knowing that you you served your country in some way, uh, like being proud wearing the uniform. That was kind of my motivation for it. I didn't really have like, uh, like college, you know, getting money for college. That wasn't really in my head when I made the decision. But I always find it fascinating because you get like a hundred different answers from people. I also think it's different, yeah. like male to male to I mean, female. That's too. definitely a point. I feel yeah, like that, like absolutely. honor aspect. Yeah. Yeah, the honor aspect. I think. Well, I mean, I think that. Like... Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> There's some delay. I think. Um. I. Yeah. I think that the females and the males they definitely have different reasons sometimes to get in, and I can see that. You know, the honor thing I think is something that a lot of us have a lot of us kind of feel like you know some of us take it to get out of a bad situation some of us take it to to you know do something with our lives that we haven't done before but i think 
there's at least a little bit in most of us that says, you know, this is, you're doing something not for yourself at this point, really. It's, it's, you're being, you know, military, you're not going to gain a lot from it. Even 20 years as an enlisted officer, you get the pension for what, after the rest of your life, but it's not like you're getting a shit ton of money. Those people that get out of the Navy at 20 years as a chief still have to find another job. Like, it's not like you stop working. It's, and you trade off years of your life. Like, the, the people that do this and stay in it, and, you know, even people that dip their toes in it, they're not doing it because it's, you know, this amazing, you're going to make millions of dollars career opportunity. It's, it's you know, it's, there's got to be some kind of pride in what you do and pride in the, in the thing that you're serving. And I think that we all kind of have a little bit of that. So you and me have the, the same job when we were in the, I'm still in the Navy, but we did the same job when you were in the Navy. That's an electrician's mate, nuclear. So we went through the same pipeline, ended up on the same ship, all that stuff. Did you struggle through the pipeline or was it smooth sailing for the most part? Um, a school, like the first schooling, was where coming out of boot camp, I was this just little diggity dick. <laughs> I was the guy yeah, that yeah. I, I was I was just so diggity and so hoo and just really just for everything, uh, the Navy. And so I would push myself at school and, you know, I, I was like top 10 easy. I don't remember what number I was. I know I was vying for like top five sometimes, but. Like those, that time, it wasn't hard, mind you, that the the coursework wasn't hard. It was the amount of effort that I was putting into it was, you know, I never put that much effort into things before. And I I really wanted to start off this new career on a different foot. So I was pushing pretty hard. And after A school and seeing that, you know, I don't have to, to work myself to death to get, you know, above average results, I kind of stopped working so hard that it was like hurting me like staying up a lot staying in the building a shit ton and studying a lot i i kind of took the the the, my foot off the pedal a little bit and was able to let myself relax a little bit more in power school um still did pretty well in power school i don't think i had i failed maybe a a chem test because i i still to this day hate chemistry but i mean to me, the coursework was pretty, pretty easy. I, I liked it. It was the, the structure that was hard for me to get used to at first. Had you seen some day. of the course material in A school? Had you seen that prior to going to A school? I, I had seen most of the math. Ma- the mathematics was super. I, I, I've always wanted to have a career in mathematics, and so I was doing, like, I, I was really enjoying calculus when I was yeah. in high school, um, and I mean, we were doing basic algebra. We were doing like basic algebra and thermodynamics, which is basic, you know, just some small exponents, some some variable fractions. Not that hard. It's it's very easy, and we thought I, I don't know. It, it seemed pretty par for the course of not trying to overcomplicate nuclear power, but still giving us like some idea of how it works. And I think the mathematics was easy. Um, the other stuff I I had not seen electricity ever. Not yeah, once in my life, same, but I ever same. seen electricity or like the current flowing negative to positive. I always thought it was, or uh, positive negative. I always thought it was backwards and it is. 
we just follow the positive and negative thing because that's just how we built things for some reason. And it's just weird to me. Everything that I did there was just very new and odd. That I struggled so much in A school because I hadn't seen any any of the electrical stuff. Like day one, basic electricity, everything was new to me. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be awful. And uh, so yeah, so I struggled bust my way through A school. Power school, it was just like applied physics basically. Uh, so it was really easy for me to like think about it and visualize those kind of things. But I can't, I, like electricity for me, it's the same thing with chemistry. I can't visualize chemistry. So I struggle with it. And electricity, I'm like, I guess these things are happening, but it's hard for me to conceptualize. <laughs> so I struggle bust my way through A school and power school is a lot easier for me. Now, prototype. Yeah, I, you, think, uh, I think it was reversed for me. Uh, power school is harder? Yeah, yeah, power school is harder for me. A school is way easier. Okay. Um, prototype was the worst part of the training phase, in my opinion, because of the, the schedule. Yeah, that that was the first time I was ever introduced to rotating shift work. And... It's different now. I, I, you know, I have friends that are in prototype, and they they've actually structured the the days differently. You get like three days off between swings and mids, instead of you know how we had to do swids parties to stay up. Yeah. Uh, they they have like a three two extra days to like get used to it now. So I mean, it seems pretty nice, but that was definitely grueling. Like the idea coming in from this normal, what was it, like seven to seven to four, seven to three classroom. Uh, schedule and all this other bullshit that we're doing immediately into hey you're doing 12 hour shifts 12 or more depending on you know if you're on plus hours and uh you're doing 12 hour shifts and it's rotating and you get a couple days off in between start getting used to it and it was just that was definitely the hardest part the course yeah. were easy but the, the, the schedule fucked me up for context to people who might not know right so there are different schedules at prototype there's like four different ones there's days which for us was 7 a.m to 7 p.m and then swings was 11 a.m to 11 p.m mids well, i think was 7 p.m to 7 a.m something like that and then uh t week was 7 a.m to 7 p.m anyway swings 11 a.m to 11 p.m was the worst for me because it was like if you needed to do anything at all you had to get up super early and then there was a chance that the store wasn't even open yet and then after you got off work, like it was definitely closed. So like that whole week was just terrible. But I mean, like the the also the unre unrealistic expectations for like getting checkouts and stuff like that was uh, annoying to me because I would get shit on for not getting enough uh, progress that week or whatever. And I was it was I was like I can't. I, it's like literally out of my control and. So anyway, that, that was just really stressful. Uh, that's why prototype for me was the worst part of the pipeline. Yeah, prototype. Prototype is the hardest. Just And I actually did the absolute worst I've ever done in anything that I've ever like truly applied myself for in prototype. Prototype put me through the ringer, not from the, the qualifications. The qualifications... The knowledge process, the actual like talking to people, easy. The schedule itself really hurt. And at the very end of the board, um, I have like this weird fear of public speaking. And I, I hate 
public speaking. I had to get over that in my entire time in the Navy. I've really improved on it a lot. I, I can speak in public pretty easily now. Back then, you threw me in front of three other people that are constantly judging everything that I say, everything I do. And I, I clammed up. I was Someone had given me this acronym uh, for like spill actions, the bad one, right before I went into the board. And so they asked me spill actions, like the second thing they asked. And I put up you know, the acronym, and I was sitting there. I was like, I don't remember the good, like the actual stuff. I'm about to write up the shit that people make fun of and the bad thing that you're supposed to not say. And yeah, I just yeah. stood there for about 10 minutes, and these guys were thinking, this guy doesn't even know the most basic of actions to do. And it was really hurting my pride to be just completely destroyed there. For my board, like, you know, when you're getting ready for a board, there are like certain things that you like know are going to be asked and people tell you like know these things stuff like that so i'm spending all this time studying and then i get into the board and they just start hitting me with some off the wall shit that i'm not ready for at all <laughs> and i was like oh no this is gonna go south so fast and i like i passed by the skin of my teeth but yeah it's weird now to me to be back at prototype i mean i'm not i'm in new york and i went to south carolina originally but it's just weird how it comes full circle. There's also no students here. And I got my COVID yeah. vaccine this morning, which is kind of interesting. The first part of it. Nice. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, after prototype, you go on to the fleet, the USS John C. Stennis, CVN 74. Okay. Did four years over there. Yeah. I mean, you you kind of ran the gamut too with jobs and collaterals. I mean, we, we went on a deployment. You... Uh, you took over as work center supervisor for tool issue. Were you were you a work center supervisor before that? Not work center super tool issue. I was work center super primary. I was oh, pri primary, primary. Okay. I was at deployment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You just you did a, a bunch of different jobs. People trusted you a lot for your insights and stuff like that. You, uh, like I said, you work center super primary. You ended up in tool issue before you left. Um, yeah, you were always involved with maintenance, troubleshooting. Uh, I guess what I'm getting to is what is the most valuable thing you're taking away from your time on the ship? What, what kind of lessons do you learn that you think you'll keep with you? Wow. Um, oof. The time kind of, of the a, ship kind of a loaded was... question. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that I mean I'm taking away from it. I mean, in general, the just the quality of like the trial by fire that I had going through really helped set me up in a way that I I'm very more I'm much more confident in myself and much more confident in my ability to produce even when, you know, the odds aren't necessarily in my favor. We've had plenty of times when we had a, a lot of stuff going on in plant and just a lot of shit breaking and you know we didn't think we were going to get underway on time we didn't think anything was going to work and you know the group of us just kind of went together and really pounded our heads against it long enough that it actually started to work again which is really cool and i guess i'm gonna take probably the the most important thing i'm gonna take is nothing can be as bad as some of the experiences I've had. And I'm not saying that I can't have bad bosses and I can't, I'm not going to have bad experiences in a new job, 
but I don't think any job from now on is going to keep me on on board when we're docked, like uh, more next to the pier. I don't think we're going to be stuck on the ship for three days straight fixing things when I can go home and I'm actually sleeping on board. I don't think I'm going to be sleeping at work. I don't think I'll be, you know, doing that kind of stuff. I might work overtime, but I don't think they're going to keep me for three days straight and not be able to see my family, my house, or anything like that. So. Yeah, well, the thing is, like most, you know, when you work overtime in the civilian world, you get paid more money for it, generally. Uh, so it kind of sucks when you get stuck on the ship for three days and you're like, you can't sleep. People are getting cranky and there's no guidance. But I think for me, like, the quality of life for let's say you have like i don't i don't like using the word subordinates but like people that you have authority over their quality of life is directly reflected on how well you treat them as a person and as individuals so i don't know just just uh as a leader as someone who is in a position of authority making sure you take the time to uh treat the people who work for you as people that to me is like an invaluable mindset to carry forward. Cause we've seen it. We've seen, we've seen bad leaders. We've seen people just not give a shit about the people who work for them. And it's awful. Yeah, I completely agree. It more than anything else that I've learned in the Navy as well is that the job might suck. The work might suck. The work is, you know, work is work. You're going to go in there. You're going to do your job. You're going to do what you're told. It's might suck here and there. But the people around you, the people above you, the people that you're working next to, that's what makes a job either really good or really bad. And I've seen both sides. I've seen having extremely bad uh, leadership. I've seen being in a point where we were all extremely upset. People didn't re-enlist for a year and some change. More than that, I think. People didn't want to stay in the Navy because the, the culture was so bad because of the, the leadership that we had. And then I've seen the exact opposite. When I was getting out, I was seeing probably some of the best leadership I've, I've seen in the Navy. I've seen, you know, our main chief being an awesome guy and, you know, the electrical chief being a super awesome guy. We, we really, you know, lucked out with the people that we got and we were leaving. And it's, it's definitely interesting to see just the dynamic that people can have of the way you treat your the people that you worked with that work for you that's going to be determining their successes that's going to be determining their morale it's going to be determining a lot of things like it affects their quality of life directly and i think that's also something i'm going to take away from it is that you know if i ever work with people i'm not going to just treat them like shit because that's not going to lead to productivity it's going to lead to well negativity really so you did you did four years on the ship, um, and you got out of the navy, right? So how far out did you start looking for jobs, and then what what were the first jobs that you sort of applied for or, or talked to people about? I started looking for jobs probably six months out. Uh, it was more than most people told me to do. They said usually you look for jobs like three months out. And I had, uh, I was looking, I had talked to a, a headhunter, I had talked to a family about, you know, jobs that they have seen, 
And for me, it was I was looking for two things. I was looking for two locations specifically. It was either Colorado or Washington State. Uh, I personally wanted to go to Colorado more, and I found a couple jobs there in Denver specifically that are that were hiring for a position that was directly related to the job that I had, but also had a little bit of a different position to it as well, like a little bit different of a job so I could learn something new. And then I found another position opening up in Washington State that I also applied for, and I applied for two up in Washington State, one in Colorado, and I think one in Portland. I don't know if I ever followed through with that. Either way, I only applied for a few jobs, and the thing was that I tried to make my resume stand out from most people, and I'd seen other resumes coming through for different nukes getting out, different electrician nukes. And for me, I wanted to be a little bit, you know, make my resume pop a little bit more, make my resume look a little bit differently. So I structured a little bit odd, had a little bit different stuff going on there. And when I sent my resume to these companies, when they called me, I tried to explain just like the base understanding of our job and like the versatility of what we go through every day and trying to market myself to being you know, good for them and also good for me. And all three of those jobs came back to me. One of them said, no, uh, you're like number four on our list of candidates. And I was in Washington state and I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, one of the other Washington ones wanted to talk to me and then Colorado eventually called me up and said, Hey, we're willing to talk to you as well. And I, I took the Colorado job first because I think that was the one that I I wanted the most and would benefit me the most as well. Yeah. So you uh you were qualified load dispatcher on the ship which is you know basically you're taking the the electricity ge- uh generated from the turbine generators and directing the distribution of it to various load centers in different portions of the ship. So you you wanted a job that was similar in nature to that one, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I uh, so like you were saying before in your intro, the uh, North American North American Electrical Reliability Company. God, I can't speak today. Sorry. Um, they are like the governing doctrine of what we do in the civilian world. They're the ones who give out the certifications for what we do in the civilian world. We work at companies around not really the globe that uh, that can have you know these jobs and these job titles associated with them. I very quickly, you can go into the NERC website, and there's like, you can go to France, and let France follow some of the NERC stuff, and you have to apply, and you have to take the test in French. So, you know, if you're willing to do that, that's cool. But uh, in, in general, yeah, I mean, I looked for something close to what I was doing, and NERC itself is, is pretty close. It's not exact. We don't, we're like a drop in the bucket compared to NERC. We... We yeah. are more yeah, 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 of course. focused for sure. We're, we're smaller voltages, smaller mechanic, like uh, mechanical things, smaller electrical components than what most NERC people are going to work with. Whereas they're working with like 48,000 volts easy. We're working with like 4,000 volts. Right. Yeah. So you, the, the tri-state energy company, that's the, that's the, um, the Colorado one you were talking about, right? Yeah. So, uh, what's that job kind of entail? Like, is it same with like NERC where there's like different, uh, 
operators and and uh, coordinators, like that kind of thing? So it, the title is the Resource Dispatch and Trading Trainee. So I'll be a trainee at first, getting my, my certification. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a mix, really. It, it's actually something I'm, I'm excited to learn about from what they've been talking to me about and what we've been discussing. And honestly, I don't really have the ground to stand on yet to be able to, to discuss the full aspects of my job because I don't really know what exactly everything's going to entail. I, I know that the basic idea of what I'm going to be doing is kind of a mix of, you know, low dispatcher doing this, the uh, switching orders and doing stuff like that, as well as I'm going to be on the market. So buying and selling power and doing stuff like that as well. So it's kind of a mix bag job position that I'll be I'll be filling that I'm excited more to learn about things that I've never done before excited to learn about the market strategies the market buying and selling the market idea of like power generation and that buying and selling that sounds really interesting to me uh, as well as something that I've already had some kind of a background in with the you know switching orders and the low dispatcher stuff that we're used to uh, when are you supposed to start that job I will be showing up to Tri-State uh, April 5th. So it'll be fun. April 5th. Nice. So you still got some time. You got like a month to just chill. Yeah, I'm looking for houses right now and having a great time just being in a, you know, figuring all that stuff out. Yeah, are you in Colorado right now or are you, you just, uh, no, you're just house hunting there? Yeah, I mean, I'm not in Colorado. I am talking to a real estate agent who's down in Colorado right now. The, the market in near Denver is so volatile and so fast that houses that are put on the market for one to two days get put under contract and started to get bought immediately. Dude, the so the real estate in Denver has to be like through the roof. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I'm looking at houses and I'm, I'm trying to find a, a decent house and we're working together and he's showing me some really nice houses, but they're going instantly. There was a couple of houses that he showed me that I was like, wow, I really like those houses. He goes, yep, okay, well, they're already under contract, so it's nothing we can do about that. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that sucks. Um, yeah. whatever. So, I mean, he's working over there. I can't be in Colorado full time. I've got to move the stuff in my apartment. So I'll be doing that later this month and I'm going to go, you know, visit some family as well and essentially just relax and make sure I have all my shit together before I start this next chapter of my life, which would be yeah. nice. So you, uh, you mentioned that you are excited to go back to college. I've kind of like, I think it's funny thinking about me going back to college now or like in a few years because I, I don't think I look that old, but I feel much older than, you know, your average college student. And it's just like I I couldn't imagine sitting in a class or like being around a bunch of college kids and uh, vibing with them. But uh, I guess like college is kind of moving more online anyway. You can just stay in your home. Uh, what did you want to study when you go back to college? Uh, I, I would like to study uh, aerospace engineering. That's my, my base bachelor's that I want and then move on from there to applied mathematics. And then I'd, I'd like to get a PhD one day. But yeah, for sure, college is going to be weird. Like we're going to be the old guy. It's not like old, old. We're just going to be like that weird middle ground where we're not like 30 and coming out and getting a job and uh, trying to get like a college degree to get a better job. We're just going to be that weird like 25, 26, or at least I will be coming into college and trying to figure out how to deal with 
you know, the younger generation being there and not having a lot of contact with them and really kind of figuring out how college is going to work again. Because, I mean, I don't really know how college works. I've been to a couple of college classes, but it's not like what I think I'm going to be getting into. So. Yeah, I mean, there would always be those people that could go to college right after high school and get a great degree and then go on and make a lot of money like right away. I feel like that's not really the case for most people. So I like what what I've done and like what you did where you get the the work side experience and then you go back with a lot more perspective and you're not you're not so interested in partying and all the distractions that come with college and you're more just focused on getting that degree so that you can get a better job, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like I think that's what I that's what I didn't go to college originally because I know that I knew that if I had gone to college I would have been focused on partying. I would have been focused on being stupid and not going to class and enjoying freedom. And now that I've 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 spoken to people from around the country and around the globe when we traveled and the perspectives that I've gotten and the people that I've talked to have really changed how I view things from where I used to be. And I think that's important. I think that's important going into kind of a collegiate setting where you're going to be learning like this base amount of knowledge that you're going to apply later on to probably a higher level job. I I think that having some kind of perspective of how the world works and not just kind of like your small little corner or the small, whatever city you're in, whatever state you're in, having knowledge of the world in a different way, I think was going to help improve the experience that you're going to have. Yeah. And I mean, especially being in the military, you encounter so many people from like all the different walks of life. Right. And it kind of rounds out your perspective as far as like how different people think and your own beliefs kind of shapes them. And, uh, yeah, I think you just, if you go to college after working for five, six, 10 years, whatever, you go back just so much wiser than, you would if you just went right after high school. You're just like, you're more yourself. You know what I mean? You're just more of a, a person. Yeah. Um, you've you've yeah. developed more, I think. You've matured a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You're more sure of yourself. You're more confident in who you are. Um, that's that's really all I have for you, man. Thank you for uh, for right. coming on. Yeah. Uh, if... If you guys uh, want to support me over on patreon.com forward slash Josh Devillier, I, uh, I just started that. So there's I only have like three patrons. And you can get patron-only updates, exclusive content for uh, as little as $1 a month. But it's it's just about getting the number of patrons up. I don't really care about the money. But it all goes toward the podcast and uh, getting me bigger guests and more storage space for you know podcasting apps and that kind of thing. So... Appreciate your support over on Patreon. Matt, you got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? Any closing remarks? No, I appreciate having you on, me, uh, bud. Uh, really had a good <laughs> time talking to you, bud. I mean, <laughs> you appreciate huh? having me on you? Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, I'd like to have that redone, but I appreciate having you having me on is the thing I'm trying to say. appreciate you having me on. I, it was a good time. I mean, I've, I know we've talked about this kind of stuff multiple times and having just like getting really just recounting and recanting like the stuff that we've gone through and 
I don't know. It's kind of cathartic in a way, and I think it's it's nice to keep doing this. So. Yeah, man. Well, I look forward to talking to you again. I'm going to stop recording right now. All right.